Good morning, brothers and sisters. We extend a warm welcome to all our brothers and sisters who have joined us in church this morning for worship of our triune God. We also extend a special welcome to all the visitors who have joined us this morning here in church and to those who are with us remotely via the live stream. This morning we may enjoy the celebration of the Lord's Supper. May we all be comforted and encouraged by the preaching of the gospel and the celebration of the sacrament. And may God be praised and glorified by our worship. Consistory has the following announcements. Sister Irina Flanders has arrived with attestation from the Freeform Church of Mundajong. We welcome her into our congregation. Sister Abby Wilstra has requested an attestation to the Freeform Church of Launceston. We wish her the Lord's blessings in her new congregation. The consistory, as elders only, will meet tomorrow evening at 8pm in the consistory room and this morning the worship service will be conducted by Reverend Poppy. Before we commence the worship service, let us sing together from hymn 61, verse 1. Let's worship the Lord. <clears throat> we confess that our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Amen. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Amen. Let's sing a song of praise to God. We're going to sing of the joy we have coming into his fellowship, Psalm 84, verse 1.
This morning we're looking forward to the celebration of the Lord's Supper beside the preaching of the gospel. In order for the celebration of the Lord's Supper to be a blessing to us, the Lord teaches us we ought to first examine ourselves, and part of that examination is to compare our lives to what he teaches us about how we are to live as his people. So I'd like to read with you from the law of God in which the Lord teaches us how to live as his children. In Exodus 20, there God's word says, and God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and who keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. If you are convicted of your sins, brothers and sisters, then it's good that we make a confession of that before the Lord. And it says we do so that the Lord also wishes to assure us of the forgiveness of our sins. Well, in Psalm 65, verse 2, first we we speak there about how we are grieved by our transgressions. And then it also speaks of how the Lord blesses those whom he has chosen and that he, he grants them his love once again. So let's sing together Psalm 65, verse 2.
Let's now pray to God and let's ask God for his blessing. Dear Father in heaven, triune God, Son, Holy Spirit, we honor you, that you are the God who is seated on the throne in heaven, that you created this world and that you uphold all things. And we give you glory that you are sovereign, that you are seated on the throne, that you have a plan of salvation, an eternal decree, and that you are bringing this decree to fulfillment. And we honor you, Lord, because you are a good God. You're a God who's filled with goodness, goodness for your creation, and goodness for your people, and goodness for all those who, who come into contact with you. We also glorify you because you're a God of grace. When we are people who reject you and we rebel against you, that you don't leave us in our sin, but you create a way for us to be reconciled to you and to be restored once again. You are the great and glorious God. You are majestic in holiness. You are great in power, and you're overflowing in steadfast love. Thank you that you are our God, and thank you that we may be your people. Thank you that we may come into your presence, that you give us this first day of the week as a day of rest. Show something of your goodness, Lord, and of your care towards us. You want us to, to be rested, to be refreshed, to have strength and energy, to have joy. You also wish us to have peace of heart, to be assured of your love towards us, and to that end, you call us into your presence. Thank you for the gift of your word that you teach us about yourself and that you reveal to us about how we can live in a relationship with you. Father, this morning we're here to hear the proclamation of the gospel. We're here to hear about what a great God you are and what a blessing it is to be your people. We ask that we may be blessed through the proclamation, that we can understand something of your glory, that we may seek to draw near to you, and that we can receive your grace. We thank you also, Lord, that this morning we get to celebrate the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. You want to assure us of the forgiveness of our sins. You want to, to remind us that you won't leave us in our sin. There's so much sickness that we have within us, spiritual sickness, and yet you wish to save us from that. You wish to heal us, and you've done what it takes to make that happen. Thank you that you wish to assure us of your grace towards us in Christ. And we pray that the word and sacrament may lead to our increased faith in you and fellowship together with you. Please forgive us for the sins we have committed, Father. We confess that in many ways we, we haven't honored you and we haven't lived with you and for you in the way we ought to. And we're sorry about that and we repent of our sin and we pray for your grace for Jesus' sake. Please assure us of your love and please draw us near. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this morning I get the privilege of preaching God's word to you as we find that in Psalm 36, verse 8. In order to put that into context, I thought it would be helpful to read the entire psalm together. So I invite you to open your psalm book, or sorry, open your Bible to the book of Psalms. We're going to read together Psalm 36. You can find that on page 549 of your guest Bible. Psalm 
Psalm 36, starting at verse 1. Hear God's word. To the choir master of David, the servant of the Lord. Transgression speaks to the heart of the wicked speaks to the wicked deep in his heart. There is no fear of God before his eyes, for he flatters himself in his own eyes that his iniquity cannot be found out and hatred. The words of his mouth are trouble and deceit. He has ceased to act wisely and do good. He plots trouble while on his bed. He sets himself in a way that is not good. He does not reject evil. Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to to the clouds. Your righteousness is like the mountains of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Man and beast, you save, O Lord. How precious is your steadfast love, O God. The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the rivers of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light do we see light. O continue your steadfast love to those who know you, and your righteousness to the upright of heart. Let not the foot of arrogance come upon me, nor the hand of the wicked drive me away. There the evildoers lie fallen. They are thrust down, unable to rise. So far, the reading of God's word, we're going to sing together from the same psalm, Psalm 36, verse 2.
The text for the sermon this morning is taken from Psalm 36, the passage we just read together. We're going to consider especially verse 8. So Psalm 36, verse 8. The, uh, the context here is that it's speaking in verse 7 about the children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. And speaking of these children, it says, They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. Well, dear brothers and sisters, congregation loved by the Lord Jesus Christ, last time I had the opportunity, last week I had the opportunity to preach to you out of Romans 6. We saw there that one of the great gifts of God that he gives us is the gift of the forgiveness of our sins, and then also the gift of the release from the power of sin. When the Lord sets you free through faith in Jesus Christ, he not only clears the past, but he also assists you with his Holy Spirit so that you can begin to live a life that's not dominated by the power of sin. Then you hear about that and you wonder, well, what does that mean? It's kind of like a non-gift. You're not going to sin. But what do you get instead? And what do you do instead? And what is the blessing of living a life where, where you do not sin, where sin doesn't have that power over you in the way it used to? Well, one of the, the great gifts of God, the greatest gift of God, is the gift of himself. The best thing that God can ever give us is himself. He doesn't leave us empty, but he fills us and he satisfies us with his river of delights, with this crystal clear drink that is himself. It's in Psalm 36 that the Lord, there David is talking about those who dwell in the shadow of God's wings. He talks about the richness of the life they have. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you make them, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. And when it says here that they feast on the abundance of your house, the word for, for abundance here, literally, it could be translated they feast on the fatness of your house. And if we hear about that, you might think, man, I'm not sure about that. You know, when I have a steak, I like to cut off the fat, and I don't really like to have too much to do with that. But in the ancient Near East, the fat was the best part of the meat. The fat was the part that was devoted for the Lord, that was reserved for God. And if you want to think about it in today's context, maybe you think of, the, of a nicely marbled steak, where you have a steak that... You know, it's, it's well fed, it's at the end, they, they put it on some grain and it's, you know, it's a really fat cow and so you have the fat that's, that's all through the meats and it's just some of the nicest meat, it's one of the nicest cuts of meat that you can get. Well, that's the imagery that God is giving here. They feast on the fatness of your house. The Lord is giving the very best to those who seek shelter in his wings. And then you wonder, well, what... What does that refer to? What is the fatness of God's house? Well, the next line, he spells it out and he, he fills it in a little bit. He says, you give them drink from the river of your delights. And this, this phrase, the river of your delights, the word for delights here is actually another interesting word. It's, it's the word aden, 
from which you might recognize the word Eden. So literally it's saying, you give them drink from the rivers of Eden. This is huge symbolism that the Lord is bringing to mind here. Eden was the place where God dwelt in paradise with his people. It was in Eden that we're told that there is a river. And this river is a symbol of the blessing and the provision of God that goes to Adam and Eve. Because of the river, then there are these trees. You have the tree of life. You have the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You have all the other trees of the garden that Adam and Eve were able to enjoy. And if you actually read through Genesis 2 about the Garden of Eden, the next thing it tells us is that there were four rivers that went out from Eden and it watered the whole earth. And so it is from the presence of God that the blessing of God spreads out over to the whole world and it grants God's provisions and his blessings all over the earth. Well, that's the imagery that God wants you to call to mind. And when it talks about Eden here, then he also wants you to remember that this was paradise. This is where God dwelt with people in a world without sin. There was no sin. There was no curse. If you think of Adam and Eve, they lived with the animals. They lived in in harmony with creation. They took care of this garden. Well, there was no fear. There was no violence. There was no terror. There was no death. There was nothing to be afraid of. There was perfect peace. There was perfect harmony between Adam and Eve, between, between them and their God. The Lord would come down and he would walk with Adam and with Eve in the cool of the day. And they could enjoy his presence. They just soaked in the beauty of being in the presence of the living God. Well, this is the imagery that David picks up on here in Psalm 36. If you wish to, again, understand a bit more of, of what he's thinking about and what it means, you should understand that there is quite a theme that runs through the scriptures about the development of this river kind of comes to fulfillment at the end of the scriptures. The very last image we have of God and of his blessing going out to his people is Revelation 22. In Revelation 22, we're told that John saw the throne in the holy city in Jerusalem. And from the throne, from the altar, there is this river of water that flows out. There's this river of blessing that comes from the throne of God. And alongside this river, we're told in Revelation 22 that there are trees on both sides of the river. And that the trees were for the healing of the nations. And that the trees also bore fruit, 12 kinds of fruit, and it bore fruit every month. And so there's every manner of provision. There's every manner of blessing that comes from God and that flows to his people because the Lord is God. Because the Lord grants life and he grants blessing to his children. Well, this is the background that David's thinking of here in Psalm 36. If you read this verse within the larger context, within the five verses around it, that just about ta- before talking about the abundant feast that God gives and this river of delight that he shares, then David first reflects on the character of God. In verses 5 and 6, he celebrates the steadfast love of the Lord. And he speaks about the faithfulness of God. He talks about the righteousness of the Lord and his justice. Well, the reason 
it's so wonderful to know God, the reason it's so wonderful to have a relationship with him is because he's filled with steadfast love for his people. He loves you. He delights in you. His attitude towards you is one of kind affection. And he has great joy in your presence. And he's faithful in his dealings with you. Any promises that he's made to you are promises that he's willing to fulfill. You can always count on that. You can know that. And when people make promises and when people fulfill their promises, that always leads to great blessing. It leads to deep trust. It leads to real communion. The Lord is a God who's righteous, David says. But to be righteous means that God's in a right relationship. He always fulfills the obligations that he has as a loving father. He never tricks us. He never goes back on his word. But he's always faithful. And he's always doing what would be right for God to do in that kind of situation. And he's a God who's just. On those occasions where we experience injustice, then we can go to him, we can ask for help. And he is a just God. He does what it takes to set it right for his people. In his time, in his way, at the right time, he will set it right for his people. Well, this is what David reflects on. And this is the basis on which he, he teaches us that when we dwell in the shadow of his wings, then we will experience the presence of God as the greatest blessing in life. If you want to, to further the image, this image of a river coming forth from God is, is also developed in Ezekiel 47. Once again, we have the temple of God. It's a vision of the temple of God. Ezekiel is living at a time where the Lord has abandoned his temple in Jerusalem. The people rejected him. They rebelled against him. They went into exile. Jerusalem was destroyed. And the temple was razed to the ground. And Ezekiel gives this prophecy of this new temple. And in chapter 47, he talks about this temple of God and this river that comes out from the temple. And once again, the most amazing thing of this river is that this river, it has these trees that line the river. And the trees, once again, give food and give healing to the nations. And we're told that this river, it flows into the sea, into the Dead Sea. Not sure how many of you have been to Israel. If you have been, maybe you had the chance to go down to the Dead Sea. If you swim in it, you float. It's so salty that you float on top of the water. And it's so salty that there's no fish. There's no animals. There's no plants. There's no bacteria, not much bacteria. It's like sterile because of the saltiness. Well, this is the river, or this is the sea into which the river of God flows. And Ezekiel 47 tells us that when the river of God flows into this sea, that it bursts with new life, that the sea comes alive, and there's swarms of fish, and there's all these living things that come out into the sea once again. God's blessing and God's life and God's healing comes forward from his throne and it grants his blessing wherever it flows. And that's the imagery that God gives of what it is to be in his presence, what it is to come near to him. And then the means by which God grants this gift is revealed to us in the New Testament. What is the temple of God that he's speaking of here in Ezekiel 47? Well, it's not the temple that was rebuilt after the exiles came back out of Babylon. 
Because when they rebuilt the temple, it didn't look anything like the temple that Ezekiel had prophesied. Even when Herod came along, one of the things that Herod wanted to do is he wanted to secure the blessing of the Jews. He wanted to secure their favor, and so he spent a lot of money making the temple much more beautiful than it was before. But even that, that beautiful temple that Herod made, it was nothing like the temple that's spoken of in Ezekiel 47. And the reason for that is because the temple of God is not a building, but the ultimate temple of God of Ezekiel 47 is a person. It is the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is in Christ that God dwells among his people. It is through Christ that God dwells in our hearts. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, he picks up on this during his ministry. When he came to this earth, then in John 2.19, he told his disciples, he said, destroy this temple, and he pointed at the temple in Jerusalem, and I will rebuild it in three days. Then John explains, by saying this, he was referring to his body. The Lord Jesus Christ is the temple of God. He died on the cross, and three days later he was risen to life. And it is through our Lord Jesus Christ that the blessing of God flows to his people. It's when you hear the message of who Christ is, when you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, that all the blessing, all the life, all the provision of God flows into your life. Then the river of Eden flows to you, and you rest under the grace of God. This is what the Lord Jesus Christ also explained to the Samaritan woman. He asked her for a drink. And then he taught her. He told her. He said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Well, do you feel the force of that promise, brothers and sisters? If you dwell in the shelter of the Almighty, if you go to the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you seek his face, then he will become a river of water that wells up to eternal life. He will satisfy you with the river of his delights. As you draw near to him in faith, you will experience every spiritual blessing that he has to offer his people. He will give you the peace that surpasses understanding. He will give you rest for your soul. He will give you the forgiveness of your sins. He will give you the gift of contentment. He'll give you the hope of eternal life. And he'll give you everything that you need for daily life today. It's really striking in both prophecy of Ezekiel and Revelation when it talks about the trees that, that line the river of God. They're not just there giving fruit, giving food, but in both passages it says that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. Well, the nations are sick. The nation of Australia is a sick nation. The U.S. and Canada in Europe and China and South Africa and the nations of this world, they're sick. They're spiritually sick. They've rejected God. They don't know God. They don't honor him. They don't serve him. They don't have a relationship with him. They don't know Jesus Christ. 
They don't seek his face. They don't de depend upon, upon him for his help. And they're not just spiritually sick, they're morally sick. The nations of our world, they don't know the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong. Many people are mentally sick. They're not well in their minds. Many people are even physically sick. They're not physically well. But the Lord comes and he offers healing. Spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational healing. It is as we draw near to the Lord God, as we seek our help in Jesus Christ, that he offers the forgiveness of sins and he offers complete restoration. When the Lord saves you, brothers and sisters, he doesn't only set you free of the sins of the past, he gives you the best gift you could ever ask for. He gives you the gift of himself. And he calls you to draw near to him. He calls you to drink of the river of his delights. If you believe in him, if you seek his face, then you will experience his blessing. And you'll experience his healing in your life. Well, this morning, the Lord calls you to the table. He wants to have communion with you. He loves you. He is steadfast in his love towards you. He's faithful in his dealings with you. So come to the table and have communion with him and receive the abundance of his house and his rivers of delight. Amen. Let's sing together. We're going to sing of the, the blessing that comes through our Lord Jesus, hymn 79, the verses 1, 2, and 4.
We now come to the we now have the opportunity to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. In preparation for that, let's first read together the form for the celebration of the Lord's Supper. If you want to follow along, you can find that on page 603 of your book of praise. Beloved in our Lord, in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper has been instituted by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to the words of this institution as described by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, the verses 23 to 29. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. In order that we may now celebrate this Holy Supper of the Lord for our comfort, we must first rightly examine ourselves. Further, we must use it as Christ intended it, namely, to his remembrance. True self-examination consists of the following three parts. First, let everyone consider his sins and accursedness so that he, detesting himself, may humble himself before God. For the wrath of God against sin is so great that he could not leave it unpunished, but he has punished it in his beloved son, Jesus Christ, by the bitter and shameful death on the cross. Second, let everyone search his heart, whether he also believes the sure promise of God that all his sins are forgiven him only for the sake of the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, and that the perfect righteousness of Christ is freely given him as his own, as if he himself had fulfilled all righteousness. Third, let everyone examine his conscience, whether it is his sincere desire to show true thankfulness to God with his entire life, and laying aside all enmity, hatred, and envy to live with his neighbor in true love and unity. God will certainly receive in grace all who are thus minded and count them worthy to partake of the supper of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who do not feel this testimony in their hearts eat and drink judgment upon themselves. Therefore, according to the command of Christ and of the Apostle Paul, we admonish all those who know themselves to be guilty of the following offensive sins to abstain from the table of the Lord. And we declare to them that they have no part in the kingdom of Christ. All who refuse to trust in the Lord alone or who serve him in their own manner. All who abuse the name of the Lord by cursing, or in any other way. All who do not diligently attend the worship services and who despise the proclamation of God's word or the sanctity of the sacraments. All who are disobedient to their parents or to others in authority over them. All who violate human life or cherish hatred against their neighbor and refuse to be reconciled to him. All who either within or outside of holy wedlock do not keep their bodies pure. All who by stealing, greed, or extravagance lead a worldly life. All liars, backbiters, and slanderers. 
briefly all who either in word or conduct show themselves to be unbelieving by leading an offensive life. While they persist in their sins, they shall not take of this food which Christ has ordained only for his believers. Otherwise, their judgment and condemnation would be the heavier. But all this, beloved brothers and sisters, is not meant to discourage broken and contrite hearts, as if only those who are without sin may attend the table of the Lord. For we do not come to this supper to declare that we are perfect and righteous in ourselves. On the contrary, we seek our life outside of ourselves in Jesus Christ. But in so doing, we acknowledge that we are dead in ourselves. We also are aware of our many sins and shortcomings. We do not have perfect faith. We do not serve God with such zeal as he requires. Daily, we have to contend with the weakness of our faith and the evil desires of our flesh. Yet by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we are heartily sorry for these shortcomings, a desire to fight against our unbelief, and to live according to all the commandments of God. Therefore, we may be fully assured that no sin or weakness which still remains in us against our will can prevent us from being received by God and grace and from being made worthy partakers of this heavenly food and drink. Let's now consider for what purpose the Lord has instituted his supper, namely that we should use it in remembrance of him. We're to remember him in the following manner. First of all, let's fully trust that the Lord Jesus Christ was sent by the Father into this world according to the promises made from the beginning to the fathers in the Old Testament and that he assumed our flesh and blood. From the beginning of his incarnation to the end of his life on earth, he bore for us the wrath of God under which we should have perished eternally. By his perfect obedience, he has for us fulfilled all the righteousness of God's law. We remember in particular that the way to the wrath of God caused by our sins pressed out of him sweat like drops of blood, falling on the ground in the Garden of Gethsemane. There he was bound that he might free us from our sin. He suffered countless insults that we might never be put to shame. Though innocent, he was condemned to death that we might be acquitted at the judgment seat of God. He even let his blessed body be nailed to the cross that he might cancel the bond which stood against us because of our sins. By all this, he has taken our curse upon himself that he might fill us with his blessing. On the cross, he humbled himself in body and soul to the very deepest shame and anguish of hell. Then he called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That we might be accepted by God and nevermore be forsaken by him. Finally, by his death and the shedding of his blood, he confirmed the new and eternal testament, the covenant of grace, when he said, it is finished. In order that we might firmly believe that we belong to this covenant of grace, the Lord Jesus Christ, during his last Passover, instituted the Holy Supper. He gave the bread and the cup to his disciples in remembrance of him. He taught us to understand that as often as we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we are reminded and assured of his hearty love and faithfulness towards us. It is a sure pledge that he has given his body and shed his blood for us. Otherwise, we would have suffered eternal death. He nourishes and refreshes our hungry and thirsty souls with his crucified body and shed blood to everlasting life 
as certainly as this bread is broken before our eyes and this cup is given to us and we eat and drink in remembrance of him. From this institution of the Holy Supper of our Lord Jesus Christ, we learn that he directs our faith and trust to his perfect sacrifice once offered on the cross. It is the only ground of our salvation. Thereby he has become to our hungry and thirsty souls the true food and drink of life eternal. For by his death he has removed, removed the cause of our eternal hunger and misery, which is sin, and obtained for us his life-giving spirit. By this spirit who dwells in Christ as the head and in us as his members, we have true communion with him and share in all his riches, life eternal, righteousness, and glory. By the same spirit, we are also united in true brotherly love as members of one body. For the Apostle Paul says, because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. As one bread is baked out of many grains, and one wine is pressed out of many grapes, so we all, incorporated in Christ by faith, are together one body. For the sake of Christ, who so exceedingly loved us first, we shall now love one another and shall show this to one another, not just in words, but also in deeds. Finally, Christ has commanded us to celebrate this supper, this holy supper, until he comes. We receive at his table a foretaste of the abundant joy which he has promised, and we look forward to the marriage feast of the Lamb, when he will drink the wine new with us in the kingdom of his Father. Let us rejoice and give him the glory, for the marriage feast of the Lamb is coming. May the almighty, heavenly God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ help us in this through his Holy Spirit. Amen. To receive all this, let's now humble ourselves before God in prayer and call upon him in true faith. Merciful God and Father, we thank you that in this supper we cherish the blessed memory of the bitter death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ. Work in our hearts through the Holy Spirit so that we may entrust ourselves more and more to your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that our contrite hearts may be nourished with his true body and blood, as with him who is the only heavenly bread, that we may not live in our sins, but Christ in us and we in him. Let us so truly be partakers of the new and everlasting testament, the covenant of grace, that we do not doubt that you will forever be our gracious Father, nevermore imputing to us our sins, but providing us with all things for body and soul as your dear children and heirs. Grant us your grace, Father, that we may take up our cross joyfully, deny ourselves, and confess our Savior. Let us in all tribulation await our Lord Jesus Christ, who will come from heaven to change our mortal body to be like his glorious body and to take us to himself forever. Hear us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, it's through faith that we get to share in Jesus Christ. Let's now make a profession of our faith. Let's do so by rising and singing together from Him one.
Brothers and sisters, in order that we may now be nourished with Christ, the true heavenly bread, we must not cling with our hearts to the outward symbols of bread and wine, but lift our hearts on high, in heaven, at God's right hand, where Christ our advocate is. Let us not doubt that we'll be nourished and refreshed in our souls through the working of the Holy Spirit, as truly as we receive the holy bread and drink in remembrance of him. Brothers and sisters, let's now sing together in preparation for the table from hymn 59, verse 1. Then after that, all confessing members of the congregation here in Southern River are invited to partake. Then we also invite the following visitors who provided an attestation of their faith to the consistory. That's Sister Bronn from the Vreich Reifmerdekerk in Praetoria Marinata. That's in our sister church in South Africa. And also Brother Sam Fokema from the church in Busselton. So you're most welcome to attend with us. Then if you're not a member of this congregation or if you're not an announced visitor, we ask that you not come forward to join with us in eating and drinking at the table. I wish to explain this is not a judgment on your, your faith, your relationship with Jesus Christ, because we're not able to ascertain that. Instead, it's because the Lord teaches us in 1 Corinthians 11 that the Lord's Supper is a communal celebration. It must be kept holy and promote the unity of the faith within the congregation. And so for this reason, the attendance of the Lord's Supper is closely supervised. It's an effort to ensure that the guests are true believers, faithful in their adherence to the Reformed faith, and that they live a godly life. Even though you may not attend the Lord's Supper, we encourage you to remain with us. We pray that through observing the, the celebration and also through the proclamation of the gospel, that your faith in Jesus Christ may indeed be built up. So in preparation now, let's sing together from hymn 59, verse 1.
Brothers and sisters, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some. The, uh, the middle ring is, has some juice in it. At the tables this morning, I'd like to read with you a few passages in the Bible that speak about the river of God that grants the blessing of God to his people. So we're going to start back where we began in, in Genesis 2, we'll read Genesis 2, the verses 8 through 14. So you should find that on page 2 of your Bible. Genesis 2, verse 8, then the word, of God, the word of God says, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pishon, it is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellium and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Syria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. So far, let's now sing of God's blessing to his people, Psalm 118, verse 1.
Brothers and sisters, once again, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take and eat some bread. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some. The next passage I'd like to read with you is taken from Isaiah 55. It's in Isaiah 55, page 731. We're going to read the verses 1 and 2. There God's word says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come. Buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. So far, let's now sing together from the same psalm, Psalm 118, verse 5.
The bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it all, remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread and eat. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some and drink. The next passage I'd like to read with you is taken from John chapter 7. It's the the words of the Lord Jesus, page 1062. John 7, we're going to read the verses 37 to 39. John 7, verse 37, on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. So far, let's now sing together from Psalm 118, this time verse 6.
Looks like we get to tuck in tight today. Brothers and sisters, the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. Take, eat from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was broken for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some bread and eat. The cup of blessing for which we give thanks is the communion of the blood of Christ. Take, drink from it, all of you. Remember and believe that the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. Please take some wine and, and drink. Brothers and sisters, we're going to end off with the doxology now. Beloved in the Lord, since the Lord has now nourished our souls at his table, let's together praise his holy name. Let everyone say in his heart, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, and who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since, therefore, we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were justified, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, 
shall we be saved by his life. Therefore my heart and my mouth shall proclaim the praise of the Lord from now on and forevermore. Amen. Let us sing. We're going to sing the last psalm, Psalm 118, verse 8. Brothers and sisters, let's now call upon the Lord in thanksgiving. In our prayer this morning, we'll also remember to some of the members of our congregation. We'll give thanks to the Lord that yesterday our 
brother and sister Daniel and Tamara Vanderwall could be married. We'll pray to God for a blessing over their marriage. Also bring our brother Rob Old and his family to the Lord. His father Bill passed away on Friday. Also thank the Lord for the, for the blessing that's being received by our sister Rita Klein, that she's able to complete the, the radiation treatments that she's received, and we'll pray for a blessing over that. And then we'll also pray for a blessing over, over our brother Yitzhak Hope, who's had his birthday, and, and we'll also pray for the, uh, for the missionaries in PNG. Let us pray to God. Merciful God and Father, we thank you that in your boundless mercy you've given us your only begotten Son as our mediator. We praise you, Father, that he is the sacrifice for our sins, that he is our food and drink to life eternal. Thank you that you give us true faith through which we may share in such great benefits. Through your Son, you've instituted the Holy Supper for the strengthening of our faith. We earnestly ask you, faithful God and Father, that by your Holy Spirit, this celebration may lead to our daily increase in true faith, that it may lead to fellowship with Christ, your beloved Son. Help us, Lord, to drink, drink, drink deeply of the river of your delights. Help us to look to our Lord Jesus Christ for redemption, for renewal. Grant that through your Spirit that you would live in our hearts, that we would have intimate fellowship with you, and that we would rest under your blessing. Thank you, Father, for all your goodness that you're willing to pour upon us. And thank you for all the grace and mercy that you show us in Christ. Father, we pray that you'd also please grant us your healing. We, we thank you for the promises of the resurrection. We think of our, our brother Rob Old and his family. We want to ask, Lord, that you would please surround them with your care, that you comfort them in this time of loss. We thank you, Lord, for the, for the blessings that you have given to them Thank you for the time that he could have together with his father and with their family, that together they could have real communion together. Thank you for the, for the promises of the gospel, that you encourage them that death is not the end, but that there is a resurrection of the body and an eternal life, and that through faith in our Lord Jesus that we get to share in that. But what a rich treasure that you give us. What a great way that you show us the, the richness of your river of delights. Please comfort this family with your Holy Spirit and please grant them the peace of our Lord Jesus. Please be with our brother, the late brother Bill Old's wife. Please surround her as well with, with a real sense of your, your presence and your nearness. Father, we also pray that you be near to all those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Please surround each one with your love and care and show them your grace for Christ's sake. We also thank you, Lord, for the, for the gift of the treatments that our sister Rita Klein could receive. We're so thankful that she could receive this radiation treatment and that she's now completing that. Thank you that, that through that, that it's a preventative measure and we pray for your blessing upon it. We want to ask that you would sustain our sister's health, that you give her restored energy and that all things may be well with her. Thank you for the great faith that she has in you, Lord. Please surround her and her husband and their family with a sense of your care and nearness. And please shine your face upon them and grant them your blessing. Father, we also wish to ask for your blessing over our brother and sister Daniel and Tamara Vanderwall. We're so grateful that yesterday they could be married to one another. Grateful for the promises that you give, Lord, that you promise to be our father and that you promise to help us also in marriage. Please grant that they may love one another from the heart, that they're able to encourage and build each other up in, 
in their roles as, as husband and wife. And please grant, Lord, that if it's your will, that you would give them children and that they can bring up these children to know and love you. Father, it's beautiful when your people meet each other and when they commit their lives to one another and to assist each other in serving your name. Thank you for, for them and for all the other young couples we have in our church. Please bless their marriages. Grant that they can have a firm foundation in your word. Grant that they may often look to you and rely upon you for all the, they need in life. We also pray, Lord, that you be near to the young people who are dating one another, grateful that you have given many young people to our congregation, so many of our children. We're grateful for the, for the love that they can have for others and for the fact that this love can grow. Please be near to the youth of our church, Lord. Grant that you would bless their relationships and, and grant that in due time that can indeed lead to, to marriage. Father, we thank you that you bless us in these ways. And we pray that, that you would keep also the youth free from sin and free from danger. Thank you for putting a hedge around us. And thank you for teaching us what a beautiful life looks like. I want to pray also, Lord, that you take care of the, the young people, the children of our congregation. We're grateful that they can complete school for another year. Please grant your blessing over the, the final things that need to be done. Grant that the, the teachers have the energy to finish off their task and, and give them a good break for the rest. Please grant that, that all those who have a time of vacation may receive a time of rest and refreshment, that there can be beautiful family times where we strengthen relationships and where we rest under your blessing. Father, you are a faithful God, and we receive all these good things into your hand, and we, so we wish to honor you for that. We also wish to pray, Father, that you would please be near to, to the elderly members of our church, grateful for the constant care that you give them. Thank you for, for the birthdays. We remember this past week, your brother De Hope could celebrate his birthday. Thank you for sustaining him. We also think of our brother Houston today as his birthday, and, and tomorrow our, our sister Spiker celebrates her birthday. Thank you for, for all the elderly members of our congregation, Lord, for the wisdom that they have, for the stability that they offer to us, also for the opportunities that we have to, to care for our parents in their old age. Please grant that we may love one another from the heart, that we take good care of each other, and that it goes well for us as your church. We also thank you, Lord, that now we have the opportunity to give our thank offerings to you. We love you, and we, we love to reflect that also in our giving. Lord, we have a collection today for the work of mission in P&G. We're so thankful that we get to support this work, and we pray for your blessing over our missionaries. We're grateful, Lord, that in the past weeks that they could, sell it, that they could have some conferences at first, they had a conference in P&G together with, with them and the other local indigenous pastors. And then after that, that they could go to Cairns and they could have another conference. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities that they could have to learn together. And we pray for your blessing upon that. Please use this time to also encourage and build them up in their task. And please grant that, that the message of the gospel may continue to go out, that it may reach into the hearts and lives of your people and that you would draw your children close to you. Please bless the, the thank offerings that we give now, that it may be of good benefit in supporting this work. Please give us a blessed day together, Lord. Accept our thanks for all the good gifts that you give us. Please hear us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, you may indeed have the opportunity to support the work of mission with your thank offerings at this point. After the collection, we're going to sing together from hymn 73, the verses 1, 2, and 4.
receive now the blessing of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.